Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Effect, the podcast where homeschool graduates and homeschool mentors encourage, inspire, and uh, just give new ideas to homeschool families and those interested in homeschooling. I'm your host, Josh Qualls. If you're not already following the show, hit that follow button and uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, that'll help us out quite a bit. Today, I'm joined by someone very special, Rebecca Stromsdorfer. Rebecca is a homeschool mom who has, actually, how many years of experience do you have, Rebecca? I have been homeschooling for 19 years. Okay, wow. So almost 20 years of experience with a couple of homeschool graduates underneath her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an entrepreneur and co-owner of My Homeschool Village, which, you know, I'm going to butcher the description of My Homeschool Village, so I'm going to let you describe it when we get to that part of the show. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> but as a quick snippet, it's just a platform for homeschool families to get together and uh, share information with, with each other um, and provide information. And like I said, I'll let you, I'll let you uh, get into that uh, further down the road. But Rebecca, why don't you just give us a high level background and overview of yourself? Of myself. So I am, I am happily married 21 years now to my husband who is South American. He was born and raised in Peru. Um, and we have five children. He is a NASA engineer and we were living out in DC and he was an, an engineer out there when it was time to start educating our children. And at the time we were living in one of the worst school systems in the country. Um, I did not sign up to be a homeschool mom, but it was in the back of my mind. But when it came time, I really didn't want to do it. So we fought and fought, or we didn't, my husband, I didn't. I fought myself, um, went and looked at some private tutor or uh, private charter schools and um, tried to find every other option I could possibly find rather than homeschool my kids. And then um, I had a really interesting experience. I'm, I went to check out this one charter. It was the best in the county. It was French immersion. And all I heard was how high the test scores were, how amazing the kids came out, how smart they were. So I scheduled a tour and I went in and um, and they, they gave me the whole thing. And I remember I've always been a prayerful woman and I really prayed before I went in. I needed to know if this is where my kids would thrive. So I started um, just looking and asking questions as the principal's giving all these parents a tour. And I just kept praying, is this where my kids need to be? And I kept um, getting the same thought in my head, look deeper. So I started looking at the walls. I started looking, asking about recesses. You know, my daughter's five. They, they didn't have recesses anymore. Um, there were no toys. There was nothing happy about this school. And I kept going, oh, yeah, but they speak French. And I would get that thought again, look deeper. And I, so I started um, looking at each of the children and I started noticing that the kids had a lack of light in their eyes. There was this deadness to them. There was no life, no excitement, no um, creativity. It was just this dead darkness in, in each of these kids. And when they were in the halls, they would fight with each other. And they were so good at um, mimicking and saying all these facts they had learned, but they didn't seem to be able to live. And I walked out of there just going, I can't, I can't do it. I can't bring my kids to the school. 
and I kept him home and I homeschooled him and the thought just kept repeating, just keep the light in their eyes. If you just keep the light in their eyes, you'll be okay. Um, and that has been my motto and my whole, um, really what my life has been centered around for the last 20 years is, is this current curriculum that we're doing, is this current class they're taking, is this keeping that light in their eyes or is it putting it out? And it's been something that has been our focus, both my husband and I, um, as we make decisions for our family, is this keeping that light. So that's who we are. That's what we do now is focus on that light. Awesome. Talk about mother's intuition. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. that was a big one. <laughs> you know, my mom said the same thing. I mean, not necessarily in those words, but she said what inspired her is seeing the light in our eyes. So <laughs> it's a big deal. Uh -huh. And, and to keep it so every child is born with it, but to still have it when you're an adult is rare. And I'm, I can say my kids have it as adults. It really surprises me. That's awesome. Before we continue, the best way to support the Homeschool Effect is to head on over to patreon.com slash homeschooleffect and become a patron. Patrons get access to extra content that might not get added into the final episode. They get to participate in giveaways that are exclusively only for patrons. Uh, they get access to merch depending on what tier you are. You can get stickers, t-shirts, or mugs. Top tier platinum patrons get shoutouts on the show. And of course, all patrons receive our unyielding gratitude. The show is not free to make, so your support is much appreciated. Yeah. Let's jump into my homeschool village right away. Um, okay. We can talk about uh, kind of some advice you would give to, to homeschool families later on. But what is my homeschool village? Well, I have there's a little backstory here on this because I think it's important that people understand why it was born. Um, when I did start homeschooling my kids. So, you know, this is a few weeks after I'm scared out of my mind as a homeschool mom and thinking I'm going to fail my children and all these horrible ideas that come into our head, these doubts. And I, one, I met a woman who had been homeschooling her children for some time, and her youngest was the same age as my oldest, six years old. And she took me under her wing and taught me how fun homeschooling could be. And when I would get on really rough days or things wouldn't go so well, I would call her or she would happen to show up at my house and she always had the answer. Mm, sounds like you need to change a curriculum. You know, maybe you need this class. And she just walked me through. Now, this woman was like the funnest person ever. She was just a hoot to be around. Um, just somebody I really wanted to be. And she held my hand. For 10 years, she held my hand. And when, when we moved away, um, I still miss her. It's been 10 more years since I've seen her. Um, we've seen each other, but since I've had her guidance and I've missed it. But the reason my homeschool village was started was to create what she gave me. It's a pay it forward. Her name is Rosalie. Um, and it, the whole point of my, homes, my homeschool village is to give a Rosalie to these now millions of moms who are starting confused and, and scared and overwhelmed. And we created my homeschool village. It's a platform held on Mighty Network. So it's off of social media, although we do have social media accounts, um, we were getting blocked constantly. And so we created a safe place where there's no ads, where there's no algorithms, where um, we can speak openly, freely, and in a sisterhood. And the whole point is for us to come together and share, not just share information, but educate each other. 
um, strengthen each other, and most importantly, unify us. Because homeschool parents are weak when we're alone. There's, there's millions of us, but because we're spread everywhere and we don't have one place to meet, um, we're, we don't have a voice, a strong enough voice. And so my homeschool village was created to bring all homeschoolers together into one place where we can have a voice, where we can um, really fight for our children and have more strength as a group. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's, that's a great inspiring story, first of all. Thank <laughs> and you. you're right. People are people, you know, more and more people are homeschooling and there's so many people like you that have a wealth of knowledge that, that do pay it for, that can pay it for. I mean, we have even, even, you know, people now that are second generation homeschoolers, which is, uh, <laughs> which is oh, interesting. They're fun. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> it's so nice to have second generations around. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, well, what if someone wanted to join my homeschool village? How would they do that? So you would go to myhomeschoolvillage.com and on that website, we have, you can join the group for free. Come on in. We talk, you can ask questions. We also do have memberships and courses. So some people need a lot of help in the beginning of homeschooling and we have created all kinds of resources and helps to get through that. Um, we also have homeschoolers that have been around a while and homeschoolers, generally gravitate towards um, homesteading and herbs and emergency preparedness and canning because it becomes a part of our culture as we teach our children. And so we have courses as well and a membership for that for homeschoolers who want to learn along with their kids or teach their kids. And you can just go through those. Um, but we and now we're partnering with other companies that also are helping homeschoolers. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'll put the link in the show notes, by the way, so people can simply click on the link in the show notes if you're listening and you can, it'll take you straight there and you, and you can sign up. Perfect. Thank you. So where do you imagine uh, um, my homeschool village in maybe five years? Um, you know, I actually have a very big vision and it's what drives me because running a business can be tough. But when I think of the millions of homeschoolers that are out there, and um, I really see millions of us together in one place, and when, because we know eventually this will probably happen, they are, will be trying to pass laws against parents' rights. They're trying to take our rights already. And I see a group of men and women, parents, standing together and demanding our rights back, giving us a place to gather. Um, you know, in COVID, so many places weren't even allowed to gather in public. And um, that affected a lot of, obviously everybody, but we've created a place to gather online that can't be controlled by anyone else, that we can fully discuss um, our rights, our um, demand what we need as parents for our children, and it's already starting to happen, which is a beautiful thing, but I really just see it as a unified place for homeschoolers, a non-judgmental, safe, kind, um, I say sisterhood, but we do have homeschool dads in there as well. Um, the far and we're, in between. There are, yeah, <laughs> they're growing. Um, but it's, it's a place where we can, really we are leaving behind religion Though most of us are Christian in there, but that's okay. The point is, as parents, this is where we go to 
find other parents who are making the ultimate sacrifice for their children. That's and awesome. so I see it as a, as a movement. It's a movement. That's what it is. That's awesome. It, it is the ultimate sacrifice for, for sure. My mom gave up a career. My mom has a master's degree. You know, she thought she was going to have a long career, but she decided to stop and do to, to, uh, to homeschool us and raise us. Definitely the ultimate sacrifice. Well, not the ultimate sacrifice, but <laughs> it is a really big sacrifice. It is. It is. And, you know, I think when we start homeschooling, we tell ourselves um, when, when you first start, you go, oh, my gosh, if I screw this up, I only have me to blame. And it's it's overwhelming to think of that kind of responsibility. But since I've been homeschooling now, I've been doing it long enough that that doesn't enter my head anymore. Now I kind of feel like I have put my life at the altar for my children and God has blessed that in ways I couldn't have possibly imagined. And so I believe that there is a great blessing to a parent who sacrifices for their child. God makes up the difference and you don't, you can't fail at that point. You can't. That's awesome. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to share about my homeschool village before we move on to your homeschool, just advice and, <laughs> and just funny stories or. Um, well, right now we are um, looking at t-shirts. We want a t-shirt that fits us and we're having everybody vote. So head on in there and vote which t-shirt you like. And then we are going to get those out. Um, but really, I just want to say if you're homeschooling, if you want to homeschool or if you know someone who might need this. So there's so many homeschoolers that are getting a lot of questions. What do I do? How do I do it? That you just send them to my homeschool village. We'll take care of it. You know, it's hard when, when the whole COVID started and everything shut down, I probably had three and four texts a day. Can you please help me homeschool? And I'm thinking, I can't privately tutor all of you. It's not something you do in five minutes, you know? Um, and so for those of you who have friends that are doing that to you just send them to my homeschool village and we will take care of that for you awesome we heard rebecca make sure you send them send them their way to my homeschool village again the link to sign up is going to be in the show notes so you can simply click there and sign up all right let's move on to uh your time homeschooling you're still homeschooling actually still homeschooling. Um, <laughs> but during those 19 years you know what has been the biggest challenge for you homeschooling your kids me <laughs> because um, I got, I, I think I was public schooled, right? And you start out with this idea of what should be, what it should look like, what the world is telling you you should be doing. And then you have your mother intuition side that's saying, mm, that doesn't feel right. Or, you know, let's try this. And so you have these two voices in your head constantly and they're fighting all the time. And so it took a really long time for me to trust my intuition, my inspiration from God, my whatever you want to call it. But once I learned that that was the more important side, I could get out of my own way. But while those two voices are fighting, which happens a lot in your first five years, I think um, that I think is the biggest hurdle to truly loving homeschool is the mother's own voices in her head. You know, there are a lot of misconceptions about homeschooling. Um, mm -hmm. I would say some of the common ones are your kid won't fit in, which has been a big topic I've seen on TikTok and just, just speaking with people. Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
Um, I love this one because I, I, I think it's interesting. They say, well, your kid won't fit in and it's like dot, dot, dot. Okay, but where? <laughs> because um, there are places I don't want them fitting in and I never have. And thank goodness they won't. But there are places I do want them fitting in. And I train them for those, say in a church setting, I want them to fit in and feel comfortable in a retirement home with elderly. I want them to fit in and feel comfortable with children and toddlers. I want them to be able to speak in front of people with confidence. Um, and so, yeah, in those areas, they fit in. Now, when they get together with public school kids, sometimes they fit in and sometimes they don't. It depends on the group. Um, but what I've taught them I think the most important thing about that is it's important to teach them it's okay not to fit in, that you find your people, go find where you do and be happy there, but don't spend your life trying to fit into a hole you were never meant for in the first place. Awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's, a, <laughs> that's all. Um, but at the same time, um, my husband and I are both very social creatures and we have been told a lot that um, when people first meet our kids and then they hear we homeschool, they're always shocked. They go, wait, but you don't look like homeschoolers, but you don't act like homeschoolers. Um, we've been told that our kids are too confident to be homeschoolers. And, um, and so I think it's, it's fascinating just, you know, how quickly we try to put each other into a box. And now my kids just say, there is no box. I make my own and I go, ah, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's the ideal thing for your homeschool kid to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's great. You know, I think a lot of people, they get, uh, they get two perceptions of homeschoolers. Number one is just from media, from movies. Whenever there's a homeschooler in a movie, they're always weird. Or yeah. on a TV show, they're always the weirdo. <laughs> always. And I'm trying to think of one where like, they're not, um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe like mean girls, but even, even she was a little odd. Um, <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And, um, and you know, sometimes my kids, I think are odd. They, there's conversations happening with their other, you know, they go to church and they have youth groups and all those kids are, are going to school and they don't fit in because they're like, mom, they're talking about stuff that I don't care about. I don't want to hear about that stuff, you know, um, or what's going on at school. They don't know. And there are days that they are left out and they are sad about it, but they see the bigger picture. I don't think... I don't think you can ever keep a child from not feeling left out. That's part of life. No matter where you go, no matter where you, what you do, you will at some point be left out, feel left out, and it creates compassion. And it's an important lesson. For sure. For sure. Honestly, I don't think I, I don't oh know. I did definitely did feel left out when I was going through youth group as a, as a kid, hanging out with the public schoolers, because they would talk about the drama going on in school and just things I didn't care about as well. Um, but there were actually quite a few homeschoolers <laughs> in my youth group growing up as well but um a lot of people are concerned about not having the the normal experiences as a public schooler <laughs> um what kind of experiences do you think make your make your kids unique as a homeschooler things that um set them apart um you know what i love i love this question because i did love high school um, I, I was vice president in my my sophomore and junior class and i did cheerleading i did all that and loved it. That's interesting because I know a lot of people that say, oh, I'm homeschooling my kids because I hated high school. I, yeah, this, <laughs> this is actually, this is why I think this is a good question for me because I learned, I really did love high school. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
Um, and so I actually was worried about that. And so when my kids, my older two got high school age, I gave them a chance to go to a charter school part-time. I actually told them they could go full-time. They lasted full-time for two weeks and came back and said, mom, I can't learn. They're spending so much time dealing with behavior issues that can I just do my basics at home because I saved my time and can I just do electives there? So I said, sure, go ahead and do electives. So they did electives um, and they got their social lives in because like I said, my kids are very social. They did theater, you know, they were doing dance, they were doing, and they did all that. Um, and then for about two years, and it was interesting because after about two years of this, they, they had great friends, they went to prom, they did all of this. And I even got on the board at the school just to, you know, learn. And um, after Tuesday, they came to me and said, I am so done with the way kids treat each other. I'm so done with being sexually assaulted in the halls. I'm so tired of the bullying and the way teachers treat kids. And they said it was such a negative influence. And this is supposed to be a really good school, by the way, um, that they just said, I just don't want this anymore. And I, and okay, you know, we let our kids choose at that point, they're old enough. And so they came back home and then they would pick and choose classes around the area of things that they were interested in. Well, so now that I've witnessed that, um, now I want to tell parents, but I get that you don't want them to miss what you had, but what you had is no longer available. Um, and I think that's the part that we miss as parents. Yeah, high school was fun for me and my children tried it, but it's been 20 to 30 years here since I've been in school and the, the life and the fun I had, those kids don't exist anymore. And they're meaner and they're crueler. And so now I say, you know what? They're all missing out on it. Nobody's getting that anymore. So you might as well figure out what works for your child. Um, but we keep pushing for this, this reality that actually doesn't even exist anymore. That's awesome. That's a really interesting experience your kids had. <laughs> yeah, it was educational. Very yeah. Oh, educational. I bet. And I bet they grew a lot from it too, though, you know? probably value, value their education as a homeschoolers even more. <laughs> yeah, they did. I got a lot of grateful. Um, yeah, I didn't think at 14, I'd have a kid come to me and say, mom, thank you for homeschooling me. But th yeah, that's a great, <laughs> yeah, that's a great kid. Way. I didn't say that to my mom until I was like 22 years old. That's awesome. What advice would you give to, to new homeschool parents that well, let's just start with the general question. What, what advice would you give to new homeschool parents or parents that are interested in homeschooling? Um, I think the most important thing to do is realize that it's not about the curriculum. It's not about, you know, that's the number one question we get. What curriculum do I use? Um, and I just always want to take the parent and have them take a step back. And depending on where they are, are they pulling a high schooler? Are they pulling an elementary kid? Or are they starting from the beginning? Um, and I just want him to say, stop focusing on that so much and just focus on their minds, their spirits, their bodies. If you keep their minds, spirits, and bodies whole, the learning happens naturally. But if mind, body, spirit is broken in any way, they're sick, um, they're struggling with an issue, it doesn't matter what you teach, it's not going in. 
And so that's my main advice generally to most parents. Before you go to the curriculum, check mind, spirit, body. Make sure they're whole first. Then you can approach what they'll learn. Awesome. That's really good advice. I actually haven't heard that before. A lot of people talk about curriculum or they they talk about, um, you know, confidence with themselves. But with starting with the kid, that's I think that's really important, too. Obviously, I'm not someone that has kids right now, uh, <laughs> hopefully soon. But, <laughs> but that's that's a good piece of advice. If there were one thing I would I just want to help parents understand and it's because I had to go through this process myself. And this is what my homeschool village is about, is that it's really about you as a parent following your own gut, your own inspiration. Um, and, and to get a little religious here, I have found when I prayed for solutions for my children's education, I got direct and quick answers. When I pray for myself, I have to fight for those answers. But when I pray for my kids, whether it was math and I had a certain kid who just couldn't seem to get this program um, and something else would come up. I think the most important thing we can do as parents is to shut out the world for a little bit when making a decision for your child and trust yourself because you can hear all the advice in the world, um, but it doesn't necessarily fit your kid. And this was when I first started having babies, I read a lot of parenting magazines. And one day I realized I was getting more and more depressed the more parenting magazines I read. So I started doing some research on who the authors were inside these magazines. And as I looked at it, I discovered that most of the authors inside the parenting magazines didn't have kids. Wow. They had PhDs, <laughs> but not kids. So I started doing more research on where I was getting my information from and discovered that very few people really knew what they were talking about. They were just selling information. And so you really just have to trust what you feel is right for your kid and go for it. Well, that's awesome advice. That's great advice <laughs> right there. You know, thank you so much for being on the show. I definitely learned a lot that I'm going to apply when I start having kids and start homeschooling them as well. I will link the invitation to my homeschool village in the show notes. Simply just click on the link, sign up there and uh, get connected with Rebecca. <laughs> uh, awesome. Love to see you in there. Awesome. Thanks again, Rebecca. Yep. Thank you.